I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of VSIN's Final Countdown here on a Friday, closing out week number one of the show. And Jonathan Von Tobel on the desk with me here. You can find him on the Twitter machine at MeJVT. If you hate yourself, you can find me at Matt Brown M2. Steps behind the glass. You just have to trust us on that one. No camera. Can we give out no the Twitter voice. handle for Steph? I don't. I don't think she'll let us do anything. She she just like literally just is wants to be non-existent. Can I just say that the Twitter account for Steph is not one that you would expect, like in any way whatsoever. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Before the end of the football season, we're at least going to get some voice, like at least like some sort of something voice action. We just on. force her into it. Just be silent yeah. until she speaks. Yeah, she wants just to make a good show. Dead air. I know she wants to make a good show. I'm serious. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna talk to Stormy a little bit later as well. She's on assignment for. ESPN doing some sideline reporting. Madison Keys, Coco Golf going at it. Coco Golf getting it done here in the first set. She's five, up 5 2 in that one. Again, two Americans going at it. Golf, the 12 seed. Keys, the 20 seed. As we are progressing slowly into week number two over at the U.S. Open. Of course, Serena goes at it tonight. Were you, uh, were you watching Serena whenever it looked like it might have? Well, everyone's just assuming it was going to be her last match ever because she was facing right. the number two seed and whatnot. I watched a little bit. Yeah. Like I enjoy I, – like, I don't bet tennis at all. I don't have a, a wide depth of knowledge on it. But yeah. it is one of those sports that I will very much enjoy and sit back and watch. So I was watching that, and I will watch later. I think, what, she starts at 4 o'clock today, it's right? A good, so. it's, a good, it's a good sport like – this time of year because it happens during the day, right, for right. us. And so we can just kind of like you put it on. It's just on your TV. It's on the background as we're doing, like, stuff, research for other things and, and whatnot. So it's, it's pretty great. Or oh, you're on a treadmill or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. yes. It's a good yes, treadmill yes, sport. Absolutely. Good, Very tr- good treadmill great, sport. Great treadmills. You know what? That's how they should market tennis right, yeah, moving right. forward. Listen, you got to, like, get new fans in there and be like, the sport for the treadmill. Want to distract yourself from yeah. pain and desperation yeah. while you're trying to get in shape? There you go. Tennis. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you might, at least you're not running around on the court like them. So right. that, that's it. The for free. You get that for free. We do this for Can you. Can we here switch our VEASAN pro tip? Yeah, seriously. There's the pro tip. We Watch have it. We got it for this hour. On the treadmill. Yeah, we already got it for this hour. So there it is. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Stick around until the final segment. We've already got your pro tip going on here. So we talked about the NL rookie of the year a little bit over on, on here, John. And, and Spencer Strider went into yesterday's game. Kind of. I mean, he was the favorite. But look. His teammate Michael Harris was kind of right with him. Right. Then, then Strider just goes out and, and strikes out 16 Rockies yesterday, and now we wake up this morning to a minus 330 number on him, and Harris is now plus 225. 
I was going to I was going to say there's nothing Strider could do yesterday that I that I was going to say could close the door on this because Harris has had such an amazing season since he's gotten called up. Well, he and did. then he goes out and strikes out 16 <laughs> right. guys and sets a Braves franchise record for strikeouts. I'm like, "Oh, never mind. He did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah he look, did it." It's like a narr- like it, these that's why I kind of like when we were talking about MVP, right? It's like you know, you can use all the numbers in the world, yeah. but sometimes it's just like it's narrative driven. Yeah. And the narrative is that Strider is almost to a certain extent untouchable. <laughs> he's got the sexy stats too, which is strikeouts and to have a performance like that where like the the road that you need to take here is getting smaller and smaller if you're going to surpass him. I wouldn't say you close the door because crazier things have happened, but I would think that the price is apt in making him this high of a favorite because I'm not sure what has to happen over the next few starts that is going to knock him off his perch. So the top headline for us today as we were heading into the studio was the fact that the they have voted now, and it could be as early as 2024. They're saying 2026 that they are going to expand the college football playoff to 12 teams. And, John, we didn't talk about it a ton, but from a betting perspective here, I guess one thing it does do is the more teams that are in that are at least have a shot, right? We always say, we'll use the term, we say it all the time, like, just get in the tournament. And at least if you're in the tournament, you get a shot. So I guess now betting some of these long shots, which of course the numbers won't be as long because more people get into the tournament, but betting a long shot at least makes a tiny bit more sense now mm-hmm. moving forward than it did you know, this year in particular, this year and probably next year and the year before. Because, by the way, if you think this recruiting thing is slowing down for Alabama and Ohio State, it is not. Right. They're like literally one and two in every single everything. They're just signing every five-star on the face of the planet. But at least with a long shot bet, you can at least say, hey, I will take a chance on team XYZ at 30, mm-hmm. 35, 40 because – all they got to do is get in the tournament. If they happen to run ridiculously hot or something, then I can at least get paid. Well, and here's the other thing for us as betters. So I just went through like DraftKings, for example. Mm-hmm. They only have 15 teams listed on there to make the playoff page. Right. Right. So now all of a sudden that menu becomes more expansive mm-hmm. and there's different ways to attack a season. And that's why I don't really understand the narrative of like, oh, the regular season means nothing. I think it means more now. Mm-hmm. It means more for more teams. Some of these regular season matchups and conference carry so much more weight because there's something to play for now right. when it comes to some of these games. And especially if we don't know the format yet, can you imagine if you're getting home field, right? If the right. Bulls don't kick in until like the semifinals or whatever it is, uh, these, this is going to be pretty impactful as you kind of go throughout. That's what I'm looking forward to, right? When you're talking about taking your shots, I, I, I'm not sure. Like I talked about the trickle, the trickle down effect. I'm not sure if that's the case. I've heard about trickle down economics and I feel like it hasn't worked <laughs> out yet. Right. And it could be the same, right? When it comes to recruiting. But I do think that when you're talking about different ways to attack a season, there are much more options for me and you out there. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a lot better once we get to that. Point. I, I agree hundred percent. And, and honestly, from a, from some of these conferences standpoint and specifically like the, the sec, right? So you look and you're one of these teams, like an A&M that, Everyone like wants to be on the up and up here. You're an LSU with Kelly comes in, gets a big recruiting class, whatever, like wants to be on the up and up and all the things like that. And you, you look though and you go, yeah, but there's literally almost zero chance of you making the playoffs because you're not going to be able to topple Alabama and Georgia. It's just not going to happen. Right. Because, and they're certainly never going to put three sec teams, even if they're the three best teams in the country, it's never going to happen. Right. I would say never. but I tough. would never say never it when it comes very to the tough. SEC. Yeah, it, it would be, be very, very tough. tough it but. would be very tough. And at least now, though, as you mentioned, so you get that expansion here. And if you are the third best team in a conference, but you feel like, hey, we're the third best team in this conference, and but might be the third or fourth best team in the country, right. you are no longer looking at this as, man, we don't if we don't win that one game against Alabama or that one game against Georgia, then our season's shot. Well, and look at a team like last year like Cincinnati. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You get to the college football playoff and you get in a match with Alabama. You know, that was actually a relatively well-played game for Cincinnati for a couple mm-hmm. of quarters. But if you expand that out to 12, that's a Cincinnati team that makes a run. Yeah. Right? That's a Cincinnati team that wins a couple of games, depending on how the bracket breaks down and who they match up with. And, and even in today's day, let's just use today's field. For example, you mentioned the tiers that all these teams mm-hmm. are in. Well, that means that these battles for like, you know, 12 through whatever it is, we'll call it like three yeah. or four. Those are going to be some hotly contested contests, especially in the middle part where you start to, you know, eliminate some of the competition once you actually get to the playoffs. So even if it, if it remains the same, right, where at the end of the day, maybe do we get like the same three or four teams that are rotating for a championship? That doesn't necessarily mean we get the same two or three teams competing in the actual championship game. Do you, uh, you, do, you do hard knocks? Are you a hard knocks guy? Kind of. I, so I watched the first episode. I did not get it. I didn't understand what Dan Campbell was trying to tell me about like pulling people into the ocean and then like staying on the beach. I don't know if it was a good thing to be on the beach or a bad thing to be on the beach. I kind of tuned out after that. 
You just, he, just, he, he didn't resonate with you. Nah, not really. See, at the end of that one, I kind of wanted to run through that glass. No, you like, didn't. Well, I Nobody did. did. I did. I did. I mean, just something, something about, something about that guy. Anyway, we're, the the reason this is all this is, <laughs> is just a, a a very poor intro into the fact that the their GM did say that Jamison Williams is ahead of schedule in his recovery, and yeah. that actually could be kind of like his that his return could come a little bit sooner than we thought. And uh, the only reason I bring this up is because so he is. Through three episodes, he hadn't even been mentioned, right? I right. mean, like, like for for whatever reason, maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's you know the, they don't want to talk about a guy that they're that people aren't going to immediately see on the field or whatever it might be. So he hasn't even been mentioned. But you know, there are a lot of people who are at least fairly bullish, and I don't think it's even the hard knocks effect. This was before hard knocks even came out, right? There were some people who thought, hey, this team was pretty feisty last year, even though it didn't show up in the win column. They were at least pretty feisty, third best cover team in the NFL, <laughs> right? And, and so you look and you say, okay. They, they got him on Ross St. Brown, and then DJ Chark they pick up, who, by the way, had very productive seasons on a bad Jacksonville team. And now you have one of the biggest playmakers in all of college football that might join you a little bit sooner than people think, maybe like game five or six as opposed to game eight or nine coming in there. Do you think this Lions team, and I don't, we're not, let's not, we're not going to speak in hyperbole here. Like, we're not going to sit here and say that they're going to compete for the, the conference North, or division yeah. or whatever, but. Do you think this could be a team that we're looking at kind of like midseason going, I mean, maybe they're actually good? Like seventh seed make a playoff yeah, right. run type like, You deal? know, like maybe they're actually good. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. look, for me, when when you evaluate teams, especially in the NFL, right, we know the important positions. But when you have a good offensive line, and the Lions like quietly might have like a top ten, top five, like on a perfect season mm. type of offensive line. That carries you a really long way, man. Like, especially when you're talking about being in a division with a team like Green Bay that's defensive front is really good, or a Vikings yeah. team that's got some pretty solid talent along the edges. Like, I, I think that's going to be it. I'm not sure if they're pushing for a seventh seed, but if we're talking about six, seven wins and the same type of cover rate as they were last year, I don't think that's out of the question at all for Detroit. We look here, and again, if you're a if you're a Bills backer and if you love the Bills, and you actually said that you're maybe not as big on the Bills train as some of the people out there, that, that uh, they did come out and say today their GM says that, ah, talking about Odell Beckham, he's a talented yeah. player, and show me a talented player, and I'm checking into that player. I'm always into talented players, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, he said, again, the cap does factor into it, so it would have to be what Odell would be willing to play for, but basically saying that they would not rule out bringing Odell into what is already a really, really, really stacked offense. Yeah. Let's look at, let me just say this. Cause I want to be very clear. Mm. I think the Buffalo bills are a very good team. My problem is the degree to which the market has them rated mm-hmm. as a very good team. Right. Right. I keep bringing it up last year, Matt, this is a team that was seven and six to 13 games. Right. right. I think we tend to forget that, right. Because of how they ran off into the postseason. but that's something that matters. And I also think there's a reason why, like you hear comments about adding Odo Beckham jr. I keep hearing about how stacked this roster is, but if actually, I think evaluate the wide receiver core, I think it's kind of thin, like it's very top heavy, but I think after yeah. that, there are some questions about the depth overall. And my favorite guy, Brian Dable is gone. And right. it's a first-time play caller for a quarterback last year who finished 22nd in turnover-worthy play rate, right? So, again, it's not to say that they're bad. Sure. But to tell me that the win total is 11.5 and to tell me that there's a, there's a probability of about 62% that they're going to go over that win total, things like that, that's where I kind of pump the brakes on Buffalo. And with so many teams that really and truly, in my opinion, and it'll all play out on the field and, hey, we're only a week away, but – like did stuff in the offseason to improve their right. squads. Like, I mean, there are a lot of teams in that conference that are good, in my opinion. And so I know everyone just seems to be kind of handing them the the keys to to the Super Bowl here. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't uh, know if that's I, actually the case. I completely agree, man. Watch out. I think there's so a couple gonna, of good teams. We're, we're going to take an early look here at uh, NFL Week 1. Also look at some of the stuff our, our guys of our Pro Football Focus have finally put out their projections and see if we agree, disagree, how that all stacks up. Coming back here on Final Countdown. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot. At a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. As always, drink responsibly. We are here going to talk to Stormy in about 15 minutes. But, John, I do want to... Just take an early look here at week one. Of course, you'll be in here next week. We'll go through the the card in earnest and and really break down every one of the games. But as we you know approach, these lines are certainly going to move as people start to pay attention. We know guys like us paying attention now, general public, most likely next week. So some of these lines will start to move. Where did you kind of start looking here? I mean, we have seen the bills move again from right. one and a half to two to two and a half now. So the money did at least start to kind of trickle in here on the bills in that opening game. You went the other side here, just put the Rams in, in a teaser leg, which I love too. Is I mean, even though I have a bills two, I think this game plays close. So I, I have a bills two, but getting the Rams up to eight and a half, I certainly think is, is a certainly fine play as well. Do you think when it's all said and done, this actually gets to a field goal for the bills? Man, if it does, I'll be on the Rams. I'll tell mm. you that much, but I mean, Look, I think there's a really good shot. It, this number has done nothing but move in mm-hmm. Buffalo's direction. Uh, when you look at it from the perspective of who is the more I think, publicly backed team and where yeah. the action is going to come in in a standalone spot like this, it would be Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And to the, the the other point, too, is home field last year was not really worth that much. Right. So it wouldn't be that shocking to see this get to three. I think initially a lot of people would be like, three-point underdog at home. Yeah. Eh, home field was worth like one, 1.5, depending on how you rated it last year. So it wouldn't be insane. So for me, I would not be shocked to see this get to minus three. And if it does... That will be another. I will stack on another Rams ticket. Just yeah. standalone. I was reading an article. I, I think. I think home field when it was all said and done last year's ended up only like one point three points or something. So right. it's, it's basically non-existent at this point. Yep. And so like we have, we we've we got to like start to throw away all this stuff that we have been soaking in for the last for three decade. years. Yeah, it's no, three yeah. points. Like like for a decade, you know, twenty years, it's always you know oh, this that and the other. But there's there's other things that go into that as well. Like I always talk about this. I'm like yes, like they used to take. Regular fly, like they it's, charter flights now, and they go with like they go with their like a full on like training squad, and they they get meals catered and all that. Like it's it's not like the old days. So right? I want to like I know you love trends. One yeah. of my favorite things is you're going to hear it this year. Team from the West Coast, right, yes. going to the East, like ah, oh, it's it's brutal. Okay, first off, echoing everything you're yes. talking about, their sleep masseuses are like on yes. the plane and being like, take a nap now, yeah. and when you wake up, you'll be at prime energy. Yeah. And on top of that, actually, if I think it's starting from 2016, it might be 2015. You're actually up 
if yes. you bet on the team going yeah. from west to east because these things are so factored into yeah. a lot of these numbers. They're not getting on spirit, you know, and flying over there One or of the whatever. Worst yeah, like, they're they're no. not getting on spirit. They're getting on private chartered planes and flying across, like you said, and everything's optimized. Right. They literally have guys now that calculate when the best time to leave right. so that, like, when you when they land, that their, their bodies are, rhythms yeah, or whatever. All the different things like that. I mean, it's just, it's just not the same anymore with all this stuff. So, yes, like home field advantage for me. I'm not going to completely dismiss it this year. I will say, though, it is more going to be a tiebreaker for me than anything else. Like, if I'm kind of on the right. fence, like one way, it'll be more of a tiebreaker. Type yeah, thing and for me. anybody watching, too, like a good way to calculate home field if you want to throughout the year is to take, like, the median result of all of the games, right? So, like, that's how I calculate home court in the NBA. And actually, it's for every sport. Home court in the NBA last year in the regular season was 1.5 points. It's actually mm-hmm. specifically 1.57. So, right. and frankly, to your point, Travel's getting easier, and these guys are just getting better. Like, right. It's not really worth that much. Exactly. They're also they, – these guys, I'm not going to say care more. What I will say is they understand how to take care of themselves better right. than the guys of – Guys aren't smoking 20. heaters yeah, at halftime. Yeah, they're, they're not doing any of that like, stuff. You know. I know. The classic, like, you said, get beer between the legs, like <laughs> right. smoking a stick at the halftime of Super Bowl. Let, out a, belt, that. let out a belch and then go <laughs> drop it to cover two. Like, no, uh, there's a lot more going on. So great. So one of the other popular uh, teaser legs, and, of course, we'll have Teaser Tuesday here on the show starting next week, but – but one of the popular teaser legs also is this Colts. Uh, they're yeah. sitting at eight right now, getting them down to two against this Texan squad. That I think there are some people out there. There's at least a sentiment that this Texans team could be at least a little bit annoying to some teams out mm-hmm. there. That being said, maybe at eight they're annoying. I don't know if I think that they're annoying at two. I think the Colts do win this game. I think the Colts probably win this game by at least a field goal. So I actually really do like this teaser leg a lot. I understand it's a team on the road, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's going to say all this stuff. But we just talked about why we're not all that worried anymore about these teams on the road, and especially to start the year. I mean, it doesn't really matter there at all either. So I actually do really like that leg and probably will have that leg in a couple of different teasers myself. Yeah, no, that was one of the ones that I flirted with outside of using what I eventually ended on, which was teasing Minnesota up mm-hmm. uh, to over the touchdown. But I would agree with that. And look, for Indianapolis, too, against a, t- a guy like Davis Mills, like what the Texans are doing, they're just playing with free money, right? If yep. Davis Mills hits, we're great. If not, we're going to finish with the mm-hmm. top pick again, and we're going to be able to draft. If you look at some of the numbers for Mills last year, there was nothing really – like for some of these quarterbacks to get off the rough starts, you can find diamonds in the rough yeah. statistically. There really wasn't there for Davis Mills. And the Colts last season, there's going to be some regression, but they were one of the best teams in terms of forcing turnovers. And that's going to be the same thing here. They're really stout up front. I think they're going to be able to cause some havoc. I would agree with you. Like out of the teaser legs that were there, the top three for me, it was Minnesota in no particular order, mm. Rams, and the Colts. Yeah. Those are the top three I think that you're going to use and because you're getting through those key numbers like we're talking about. Definitely love those. Uh, guys over at Pro Football Focus, of course, Eric, Eager, frequent guest here on the network, super, super smart guy, tons of guys over there. They finally put out, and this is one of the things that I look at every single year, because I just like to take in all the different projection systems just to see how they differ and, and what's going on. And so they they did put out their projections for the season, and I just wanted to kind of run these by you and we can get a little bit of a discussion going, because I thought there were some that were fairly interesting. Let's start out here just kind of on the on the on the you know smallest level, which is the to make the playoffs, the teams that were highest in their projection system to make the playoffs, the Bucks, Bills, Packers, Rams, and Chiefs. I get the Bucks because they're super heavily favored in that South. I get it. Like you get the Bills, of course, we don't have to keep beating that drum. I think these next three at least were fairly interesting that the Packers, Rams, and Chiefs were the were the three, four, and five as the highest to make the playoffs. Because again, I think when we look at this specifically the Chiefs, there is a lot of, I think, at least question marks heading into the season and that just division being so incredibly hard. It was interesting that they have them so high to make the playoffs. I agree. And actually, I thought the Rams in there too because, like, for the Packers, I think the market has them a little overvalued, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to the price tag for winning their division. But if you're using those probabilities, you get the path of Bucks bills packers because mm-hmm. them winning the division very much, right. like, over the span of however many simulations, they're going to do it. But when you talk about the Rams and the Chiefs, those are, you would assume, two highly contested divisions. The Chiefs have three teams. There's three teams in that yeah. division have win totals of 10. Yeah. And the Rams have one team in that win, uh, that uh, division with a win total of 10, and that would be the San Francisco 49ers. I am surprised that those two make it in terms of the highest rate of making the playoffs, just given the competition they're going to face. Yeah, that one was interesting to me. The lowest is not going to shock anybody. <laughs> the lowest is Texans, Bears, Seahawks, Panthers, Falcons, widely considered to be the five worst teams heading into the Can season. Can I say, I, yeah. I am surprised about the pa- the Panthers. Yeah. like I do think when you evaluate Carolina, if two years ago, Baker Mayfield was actually really good, mm-hmm. right? And last year, he was very unhealthy. And I don't know how good their offensive line is going to be. 
But when you evaluate them from a skill position standpoint, how much talent they have defensively, I'm not saying they're going to be like a contender in the NFC. But to say that they're like one of the lowest rates of making the postseason, schedule might play into it. Their schedule is relatively tough, too. But, like, I kind of – there's a few teams that I had, kind of came into this year, Matt, looking to take a position on somewhat early. Carolina was one of them because I, I feel like they have the potential to be a little bit better than they're giving credit for. I would certainly move them out of that bottom five and insert Jets. And right. so, like, that would be kind of like – you know, that would be my flip-flop there for sure. And, look, I'm – way further down on even the the, the Steelers and whatever, because I just yeah. think it's going to take, you know, again, it's kind of like you were talking about with the with the Texans. Like, they are going, the Steelers are going to have to make a decision at some point to find out what they have in Kenny. Like, they have to do that. You're spending first round, you spent first round capital, and if you're going to be really, really bad, there are four to six, maybe even seven first round grade quarterbacks coming out in the draft. So, hey, look, we've seen teams go, all right, we messed up on that pick, move on. Like, right. you know, and so like, you got to know if Pickett's going to be the guy or not. First round picks are becoming less and less valuable yeah. by the day in the National Football League, right? Look what the Cardinals did. Okay, Josh Rosen, first yep. round pick. Oh, next year? Sorry, Check man. you later. We'll, we'll <laughs> see you later. We got a top overall pick. We're done. And like, you're seeing it. I would agree with you. I think sooner than later, you're going to, you got to see what Pickett's got. Division title. So to win their division, this was the one that really jumped out. Bucks are the highest in their projection system, the most likely to win the division title. And I am just, I am just to the point where I think that the saints are, are not that far off from this Bucks team. I've got a small bet on to win the NFC yeah. South. I agree. And I, I think with the, the injuries to the interior of that offensive line, I'm actually somewhat surprised. Like, I do wonder how high their numbers would have been on Tampa Bay without all these injuries to yeah. their offensive line. You know what I mean? Cause like, those are really, really big injuries. So I do wonder, oh, that's a very good point. I, I was just pointed out uh, that he's on the verge of divorcing his wife, Joe yes. Bunchen, so that's yes. probably going to happen as well. See? Uh, he failed at the mass Singer. That's what I think he was very upset yeah. about the other day. Um, so when you put all those things together, top overall pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year's draft probably, I mean, right? Look, this is just – I just can't believe that they were the, 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 one, the team that was the highest. And here's the other one that really was crazy to me. So in the Super Bowl projections, the number one rated to win the Super Bowl – 14% of the time in the simulations they ran, John, was the Bucks. That's really hot. That man. is why, yeah, it's just, it's wild to me. It was 14% on the Bucks, 12% of the time it was the Bills, 10% of the time it was the Packers. And as you said, this must be a very quarterback heavy oh, yeah, model that they have over there. The Rams and the Chiefs tied at fourth at 8% of the time. And then the Bengals and Joe Burrow coming in at 5% of the time in fifth place. So very interesting. Again, smart guys over pro football folks. I just thought it was an interesting kind of discussion here because, hey, look, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. We'll find out here in a couple weeks anyway. Stormy on the other side. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. It's football season and betters know that this is when the money is made. It's written in all caps. Right. That means you got to scream it. Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now it's time to become VEASAN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and pro football betting guides. Only VEASAN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. John wrote some of those very of good words in both of those. in the NFL guide. Look at that. Heck, huh? Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. You can sign up early for a discounted $175 American dollars, and you'll receive both guides. And you get access to VEASAN all the way through the Super Bowl. Or you can join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to offer to up your betting game. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. As always, drink responsibly. Now joining us here on Final Countdown, she's typically sitting in this very seat that I am in right now. But on Fridays, she is going to be on assignment for ESPN because she's more famous than I am. She is Stormy Bond. Tony, how are you doing? I'm good. At first, when you were doing that read, um, it was given Ron Burgundy vibes like this. That's the way it's written. That's the way it has to be said. I'm Ron Burgundy? Question mark. Uh, great, great work. Listen, you do you you do these reads. John does. Sometimes you have to spice them up just a little bit because you read them so many times that it's like I'm gonna put a new word in there. I'm gonna like say it in a different cadence. You got to do something to kind of make it to where it's not just so monotonous. Absolutely, and the always drink responsibly at the end really just. Chef's kiss. I, uh, I would also say that people assume that all capital letters means you get louder. I just go deeper like this. Oh, you know okay. What I mean? Yeah. Just That's some a, sort of emphasis. You know what? I'll throw that one in next week. So, yeah. there, no, so the, listen, the, I like that suggestion. 
That's why he's here, guys. That's why he's here. It's more than just the, it's more just the NBA, more than just the football knowledge. He also has some really good ideas for segments as well. So, Stormy, you are at Oregon State, Boise State. I know you cannot make a pick on this game. You will be on the sidelines. But in your research, what have you dug up? What's some fun facts? What are some things that we can uh, talk about whenever we look at this game? Yeah, I'm really excited for this game because it feels like a very evenly matched one to me, particularly because there are some unknowns. Like you have a team in Oregon State that obviously made significant strides a year ago, uh, made their first bowl game in a decade, head coach Jonathan Smith, really turning things around in Corvallis, um, like resuscitated the program in a big way. Their quarterback, Chance Nolan, it's his third year in the system. He's a guy who each of the last two years started as the backup um, first when Tristan Jebbia got hurt two years ago in that game against Oregon last year, replacing Sam Neuer. So this is the first time that he's been named the starter out of camp, had the full spring and fall repping with the ones gaining a lot of confidence. They do lose their top running back and wide receiver, um, but they're deep at both of those positions too. offensive line is better and defense returns nine starters. So they're a team that there's a lot to like. Then on the other hand, you look at a team like Boise state, who's coming off their Worst season since 98, I, be I believe, was their last seven-win season. So uncharacteristic for the program um, under Andy Avalos. But he's coming back in with year two. We got some consistency in the program. They dealt with so many injuries last year and to key, key positions. Running back George Halani, largely unavailable with knee and soft tissue injuries. He was a 1,000-yard rusher his freshman season. He's supposed to be back healthy um, the record when he has just 40 yards or more in a game is 16 and two for Boise state all the time. So if he just runs the ball consistently, you feel good. If you're a Boise state fan and their quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer tore his meniscus week four of last season, kept it under wraps, had surgery the day after their bowl game ended up getting canceled. And they had this re just revolving door, um, at offensive line. So he got beat up a lot the last few years. So people are very, very confident that this Boise state team is going to be really good. The two and a half number, I, I think a lot has to do with how good Oregon State has been like at Research Stadium. They were six and zero at home last year. But this environment's gonna be a little bit different. The reason I couldn't do this call, guys, while I was down there at the stadium is because the renovation, like every moment that that stadium is not being physically used for a game, they are working on it. Like the construction over there is so loud. They're only gonna have half of the stands filled. Um, I'm sure it'll still be loud and fun over there, but the home field advantage will certainly be very, very different than it was a year ago. Storm, you mentioned Bachmeyer. I kind of want to go to that because I, I find him and as extent by extension, the Broncos program a little overvalued. I haven't been impressed with Bachmeyer in his entire time there at Boise State. You mentioned him getting beat up. Part of it is because he holds on to the ball too long. Like, did you get in any sense like some improvements in that regard? Because you, you talk about him taking a lot of punishment. Some of that is on him when you actually watch him play. Yeah, he actually, I talked to him earlier this week and he said a big priority for him was when he's in those situations to get the ball out of his hands quicker. The offensive line though, I think is also a big part of that, that maybe necessarily he didn't have a, a ton of trust in what he had in front of him. It was a rotating door up front. He, I think it was six different sets of offensive linemen, three different guys playing center. He never developed that continuity. And forgive me guys, by tomorrow night, I will have the center's name down. They call him Squish. I cannot pronounce it. It is so long. I'm going to get there by tomorrow night. <laughs> he was out essentially all of last year, and he and Hank have a really, really good relationship on the field and off. Something as simple as just having the snap be right makes a big difference. Um, and hopefully they have that. And you're not wrong. This is a guy, JVT, who had – Sky is the limit expectations and has not lived up to them. But from everything that I'm hearing from the coaching staff and from the things that he's talked about working on, there's a lot of belief that this could be the best year he's ever had in a Boise State uniform. Stormy, a ton of preseason hype around Utah, specifically out here, out West. Everybody loves this Utah squad. They head on the road to Florida, about two and a half. There's there's a three actually popping at one of the rest of country books right now that you can get as well. You are on Utah in, in this one. You did get the flat two. What do you like about Utah here against Florida? I'm with the masses. Mm -hmm. I know. Uh, what can I say? But I am. I'm like all aboard the Utah hype train. I am such a fan of the consistency that they have as a program. Cam Rising is an absolute star in the making. And just the way that 
he elevated the Utah offense a year ago when he stepped in um, back half of that week three game. Week four took over as the full-time starter. The versatility he has as a quarterback um, with the run game, with the pass game. He's got a kid in Tavion Thomas in the ground game that is going to be just going crazy. Multiple 200-yard games this year I already foresee in his future yet again. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch. The Swamp is obviously a test they say buckle up for a reason when you go down there and i know that the humidity is something you can't replicate i just think the offense has enough pop and they're going to be another one of those just very dominant offensive teams that defensively they should have enough to combat what florida has to offer we know legitimately nothing about anthony richardson other than he is freakishly talented as in like athletic physical specimen who has the potential to take over a game. He's had incredible flashes, but flashes aren't what wins you games on a consistent basis. And I think he's somebody that just hasn't been developed. He didn't play much, um, didn't get developed, got hurt, hasn't reached his potential, looked very overwhelmed at times learning a new system last year, now learning a new system this year. I know reports from the coaching staff have been positive, but it's just not enough for me to believe in Florida. Um, I, I just love Utah. I love all things Utah, and I'm going to be eating so much crow if they don't win by a touchdown in this game. So the, some of the other games that you haven't bet yet, but you're leaning toward one side or the other. Let's go to the best game, I think, of the day, potentially. Arkansas laying just under a touchdown against Cincinnati. What do you make of this one? Yeah, you know, most playoff teams don't open the next season as a as a right. dog, but <laughs> that's kind of what we have here. And I, I love Arkansas. Their nine wins last year were more than the previous three years combined, and they're just hoping to keep building on it. K.J. Jefferson's a senior now, coming off a year where he had 34 total touchdowns, versatile dual-threat quarterback himself. Sam Pittman, we know as their head coach, has made his living on the offensive line. They've got four returning starters with 101 career starts under their belt. Um, run game should be good. They had about five yards per carry last year, and I think that improves this season as well. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, we know, had to replace its, uh, what, top two defensive linemen, top three tackles, the best cornerback duo in the country in 2021. Oh, and by the way, um, a quarterback that won how many awards with them now is with the Atlanta Falcons. Jerome Ford is gone. Those are all massive blows to this team. I know that they have recruited consistently and recruited well, but, uh, for me, it's just too much gone, and Arkansas is on such an upward trajectory. I think they could be a dark horse in the SEC even. Stormy, this is a very impressive painting behind you in that hotel room. They, being as famous as you are, I see that they have put you up in a very nice hotel room with a very expensive painting behind you. This is just the the wall. Oh, they wow. just painted the wall? That's Oh, I mean this is that is a fancy room. Does it right wrap there. around? It I looked mean, like you went at, to the other wall. Thing. Yeah. yeah, she must she's on the, she's yeah. in the penthouse. She's got all kinds of like fancy what? custom artwork. The room I stayed in when I was at this hotel previously was better actually. They're all the, the room I wanted is fucked up. I'm a I'm too hoity-toity, I guess. I missed that room. It was nice. It was like a two room. Uh, yeah. step down from year to year. What did you do last year? What what happened? I mean, come on. Just get the step down. I fell off the map. I don't oh. know if i anymore. <laughs> Listen, you're still more famous than we are. She's Stormy Bonantoni. You can find her back here in this chair on Monday. Enjoy the game. Thanks for holding down the fort, guys. I'll see you on Monday. Got it. She was also on Notre Dame. I didn't want to, like, put her into a position where she had to, like, try and defend Notre Dame not getting slaughtered in the, in the game. We'll talk about this on the other side yeah. here. I do want to get your thoughts yeah. on the big games that are coming up over the weekend. Of course, John, a big uh, college football guy is going to have some stuff to talk about tomorrow with all of that as well. And we did see Coco Golf take that first set 6-2. She's now up 5-3 on uh, about to try and serve this thing out over Maddie Keys. So Coco Golf looking to go ahead and move on in the U.S. Open. Final segment coming back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. No promo. Final Countdown here on VSIN. Final segment, Matt Brown, Jonathan Von Tobel. The ghost that is Steph behind the glass back there. I think I was talking about my complexion. I was yeah. like, I don't think I'm that white. Oh, no, 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 no. This, this lighting is really nice on you, actually. Like, do you on this side. Like, I usually sit over there. On this side, I like this, actually. Yeah, this I mean, is, looking really good here, John. So I'm just saying, pressure. I know. Seriously. The gym, you don't look all I mean, look at yeah, good, good stuff. Bit, yeah. Good stuff here. We're already at the final segment. We're already at the final segment here. Two hours just flew by. Blasted by. Getting some good information going on. Listen, we are... Heading into week one, I do want to get your thoughts here on these big games. I know that you have looked into all of them. Again, you will be here talking all of this stuff this weekend as well, so be sure and tune in and listen to John and company going through everything uh, top to bottom, not on the college football side, but on the NFL side of things. Don't ask me what the shows are called. I don't remember. As well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's names. Okay. We know that for a fact. There are names to them. I just not have retained that information yet. We're, we're going to call it – we're going to call it – Yes. Live bets something? Live bets. Yeah, live bets. Live bets with John and friends. Live bet with John and friends. That's right. Does Danny that Burke's going to be with me tomorrow. There I'm we go. Solo. Yeah, I'm there. flying solo. And then, of course, as I keep saying, uh, they got Brent Musburger to lead into me on Sundays. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I Gotta like get that. a good lead in. I like that. So, I do want to go. All right, so let's go to this Oregon-Georgia game because, one, we can talk about it on a, on a macro level, and then mm-hmm. you, also have, you also have a play in this one. So, we're talking about these tiers of teams. Again, Georgia kind of in that like 1B. There's the 1A of Ohio State and Alabama, the 1B of Georgia, and then everyone else, you know, kind of falls off of a cliff there. Do you do you buy into that, first and foremost? And then secondly, is this one of these games when you look at and you see the spread and you say, okay, in theory, if they want to win this thing by 28 or 35 or something, they could, but – I don't necessarily know here first game of the year if that's actually going to be the case. Yeah, so first off to your first question, yeah. Like, I I agree with the general sentiment. One and two, Alabama, Ohio State, whatever, you know, however much distance between them and Georgia, Mm. put it there. Uh, And then, of course, whatever distance you want between Georgia and Clemson and then so on and so forth. So I would agree with that. For me, it's when it comes to a game like this overall – my hesitancy and why I think the market actually has this right in taking it off like mm. 17 and a half and 17. The one thing you can say for Oregon, I'm not big on their quarterback, right? Bo Nix or Ty Thompson, whatever it is, not really big on who's going to be playing quarterback for them. But their lines of scrimmage, specifically their offensive line, is among one of the best in the country. And their defensive line, despite the uh, departure of Kayvon Thibodeau to the NFL, mm. is still really, really freaking good. And so when you're talking about matchups like this against Georgia, if you can match up, because that's one of the things I think in college football that's really missed. We love the skill positions, but where teams like Georgia really dominate are at the lines of scrimmage. Go back to the Arkansas game last year, right? I was on Arkansas that game. 
their offensive line got destroyed in that game. And it's a big reason why they lost. So if you can actually match up with Georgia up front and a defense that only brings three guys back from last year, I get it's all like five-star talent that's just refilling. Mm-hmm. I think that Oregon is at least a little bit more live than catching over 17 points in a spot like this, albeit in a neutral in Atlanta, Georgia. That said, the bet in your account is on the total. Yeah, under 54 and a half. It's kind of along these lines. Like, look, I'm not sure how good Oregon's going to be offensively. And specifically Mm -hmm. in a game like this, not sure how good it's going to be, even with the only three guys coming back for Georgia. Keep in mind, last year, they only had five guys coming back, and they were one of the best Mm -hmm. defenses we'd seen, right, in the country. So I I think that when you look at this, I actually almost go back to, do you remember the game last year was Alabama-Miami? Yeah. And I bet that game under the total as well, and it was the same thinking that I don't think that Oregon is going to operate at a very high level offensively. I think both of these teams are going to play at a relatively slow pace. And unless Oregon's offense gets stymied so hard, a la Arkansas last year against Georgia, where they're turning the ball over or constantly starting drives like they're within their five-yard line and Georgia's getting the ball back about mm-hmm. midfield and setting up short scoring opportunities, which I don't think is going to be the case, I tend to think that this is going to be a lower-scoring game and that this is going to be a slower-paced game. So I bet this thing under 54.5. So even if you're in the range of Georgia, let's say they cover the 16.5, mm-hmm. there's still certainly a universe in which they just shut Oregon's offense down and stays underneath that total. So I bet under 54.5. So the other game we, we just talked about, the Ohio State-Notre Dame game, this thing's come off 17. Um, there is one seventeen left out there at Caesars, rest yeah. of country, if you want to go there. It's 16.5 or 16 everywhere else. So people went ahead and scooped up that 17. How do you see this one playing out? Again, Ohio State, you look, it's just an embarrassment of riches on both sides of the ball. They have been, as we just talked about, one of the teams that is in the top five of the recruiting classes every single year for the last five years. I mean, so it is just, it's five-star after five-star after five-star there for this Ohio State team. I think Notre Dame kind of overrated heading into this season from a ranking standpoint anyway, when it all comes down to it. I think Ohio State, this is the one where I do believe Ohio State could I think they could bludgeon them if they wanted to. I just don't think that that's necessarily, you know, in in the cards here. They understand it's a one game season for Iowa State, basically Michigan game at the end of the end of the year. So I, I don't know if it does them any good to just embarrass Notre Dame. Yeah. So here's my thing. I actually really believe in Notre Dame defensively. I think their defensive line is among some of the best in the country. Right? They're they're absolutely fantastic. Their defensive end, his name escapes me, one of the better yeah. defensive ends in the country. But having said that, like. If I knew I was going to get just like a slightly better offense, I'd be more in on the side yeah. of Notre Dame. That's just my thing. You don't know what Tyler Buckner's going to be. He appeared in all games last year, helped them lead a, the comeback against Virginia Tech, uh, but ultimately didn't look overly impressive. He's a little bit more athletic than Cone is. I just don't know what I'm getting from that end because I can actually foresee a scenario in which Notre Dame defensively does its best to kind of contain what Ohio State has, mm-hmm. especially if their defensive line is going to get after, um, get after it and actually maybe win a couple of those battles up front. I'm just not sure if Buckner and Notre Dame, who, by the way, remember, also lost one of their top receivers to a torn ACL yeah. as well. I just don't know if they're going to have enough to actually keep up here. So I didn't get involved. I, I found myself wanting to take the, like the 17 and a half in Notre Dame, uh, but ultimately just kind of stayed back because I, I would be kicking myself if I took that. And their offense is absolutely nothing and they get smoked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Final marquee game that I think people, everybody's going to be talking about, of course, is, is Utah and Florida. We talked a little bit about that with Stormy. Florida catching a full Three. Now I saw some threes pop. Those threes get taken away as soon as they hit. Like so, it's it's kind of kind of back and forth with all of this. I mean, if Anthony Richardson is what people say, I saw a mock draft. John came out on Tuesday. Yep. He went tenth overall yep. in the mock draft. I mean, like you know, and this is by the Athletic. This isn't even like a you know some some ragtag just trying to get make headlines. Like the Athletic put out a a, a mock draft. He went tenth overall. If he is what we what we think that his potential is for him. And we're catching a full field goal at home against Utah. Like I understand Utah's talented. There's no doubt about it. But it's going to be tough for me not to take a field goal. I think of Florida at home in this one. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like I really like this Utah team, especially in the grand scheme of like yeah. the Pac-12, right? But I feel like that, like this number for me is just it's so much of what we just heard all off season about mm-hmm. this Utah team, as opposed to what we're really looking at. And again, like when you're talking about these games, you just want to look at the broad spectrum of which they fall on. If if Richardson is just going to kind of be around the level of what you expect from yeah. him from a talent standpoint. And this is also, keep in mind, this is one of the things that factors in college football too. This is an unknown that Utah's going into. Yeah. This is a new coaching staff, a new offense, all those sort of things. That's what kind of leads you into like a, you know what, if we're talking about a full field goal where home field matters way more yeah, than college oh, yes, football. Yes. Now that is right? real. Yes. Yeah. Now that is opposed real. Yes. To, in the NFL, I'm with you. Like to me, it, it actually, it would be Florida or a pass here in this spot. So you do have another couple bets in your account. You uh, you also in Arkansas. Yeah, I echo everything the Stormy's talking mm-hmm. about. Like if 
to put it simply, too, because she hit on the key point for me, when Georgia loses eight of their starting 11 on defense, they retool with five-star guys. When Cincinnati loses eight or nine draft picks on a defense, they're, gonna, they're not retooling, right? They're more yeah. of a developmental program, and that's a really big deal against an Arkansas offensive line that is extremely stacked. They're going to be able to run the ball extremely well. Their quarterback position is a little bit of a question mark, Cincinnati. And, yes, Arkansas only brings back four guys, but your most important position in a quarterback battle up until about a week ago or so, I just feel like this is more of like the scent of last few years for Cincinnati is still there as opposed to what we're looking at realistically here. So especially when you're talking about underneath that key number of seven, yeah, I laid six and a half. And taking some points with Arizona against San Diego State. So, and I'm glad we didn't talk to Stormy about this one. Maybe mm. she wouldn't have liked it that much. Uh, <laughs> look, I think the Aztecs are just a little overvalued. And I get mm. it. You know, you get a good, sexy transfer quarterback in there that comes from the ACC, and their defense is going to be really good. But I think Arizona really quietly with about 15 or 16 guys coming back this year, and, I, and the situation is not great. You're on the road in Snapdragon Stadium, yeah. right? Brand new opening. It's going to be a really good environment. But I think San Diego State, same with Boise, is living more in reputation from years past than honestly evaluating how bad this offense could potentially be. So I bet Arizona here too. Yeah, I took the points. Only one bet in my account so far as we head into the week. I'm sure something will end up in there as the rest of the day goes and, and as tomorrow gets here. And this is actually not even any bias from me at all. I just think LSU only only is a three-point favorite against Florida State. It's, the number's just too short here. Look, Brian Kelly comes in with a loaded team. I think people don't really realize that, that like there is a lot of talent there in Baton Rouge. It was just, look, man, Ed Orgeron had lost that team. He had lost those players. He had lost that locker room. They didn't respect him anymore. And that, that team was just not going to perform for him. And again, this all, all this narrative stuff actually plays in college football, like yep. it, it, it oh, yeah. in the NFL. And like, it actually plays in college football. And you know, him coming in, he he's inheriting the eighth, the most talented, like 24 seven puts out a team talent composite that, the eighth most talented team in all of the land is like, you know, is in Baton Rouge. And that's what he's able to, to step in and Florida state, not anywhere near in that class. I think this defensive line can really, really kind of bully the offensive line from Florida state as well. I just think the field goal is too short in this one. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at that one and uh, I, uh, I'll probably have a couple more, but you can follow me over on the Twitter machine as well. Pro tip. I did like what you said a little bit earlier about your, you're going to take a stand here on the Panthers. And really it's more just about trusting your gut, your instincts, your rankings, your uh, off season analysis, and not really what the public is saying about a team. Yeah. And if you're going to be wrong early, then you want to move off of your position. But I come into a year with positions. I want to take on certain teams. Panthers are one of them. John, people can find you here on the network uh, on Saturday and Sunday. And also, yeah. why, this was fun. Why don't you do it again with me on uh, on next Friday? How about every Friday for the football season? Sound good. I absolutely love it. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side -side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.